the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophets of the Lord. Amen. Am I now connected live on air? Yes, please, my Lord, you're live on air, please. Thank you. Well, blessed people from the other time zones and uh, the few that may be awake, those who may be awake on this side, and it looks like everybody woke up, but uh, I spoke about the several roles and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. Praise the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest, mightiest prophet of the Lord. of the Holy Spirit in the church, in examining his role in the church, 
we see very clearly that we saw that the church was essentially designed in heaven by the Lord and the Holy Spirit brought that program, that agenda of God and deposited in the church. And that is the role of the Holy Spirit, one of the roles we saw. Uh, we saw very clearly that uh, at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, then the church is finally empowered to go, to go and serve the mission of Christ, the Great Commission, to go and baptize all the nations, that they may believe in Jesus, to baptize them in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit the great commission that they may convert the nations and fulfill the promise that the Lord gave Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, when he said he would bless him, there will be a great nation, and his descendants, that's all from the Hebrew line and those who are grafted into the olive tree of God, all together as the sand of the seas of the seashells, and then he says, through him he will now bless the nations, all the peoples of the earth, and that is the Christ. That is the mission he brought on the earth, that's the salvation he brought and the glory of Israel that he brought. And so we saw very clearly that the church is heavenly, the church was constructed in heaven, and the church has no business focusing on the earthly agenda at this hour. The church has to continue to focus on heaven and heaven and heaven alone. And as she does so, the Lord will always mitigate on the goings on here on the earth, will help her. The Lord is not out to humiliate her. He will be able to help her, facilitate her. Now, um, I want us to move on now to another very important role, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which I said that the Holy Spirit is performing a ministry in the church now, ever since from Pentecost until now. He has been executing a ministry, doing a ministry in the church. The ministry of convicting the church, convicting mankind of sin, conviction of sin, that is his ministry. And we saw very clearly from John chapter 16 verse 8, when he says, and when he comes, he will convict and convince, I'm reading Amplified, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God, and about judgment. Again, and he will come when he comes, and when he does come, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness, uprightness of heart, and right standing with God and about judgment. So, he says, the purpose of convicting Right from the onset, the purpose for which the Holy Spirit comes and executes a ministry, does a ministry of convicting man of sin, is that he may achieve the objective of repentance. 
that mankind may repent. That he may get mankind who is convicted now, convicted of sin, to repent. How does he do that? How does he go about that ministry in the church of convicting of sin? How does he convict of sin in the church? Let us begin by reading from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans six twenty-three. So, Romans six twenty-three says, For the wages of sin pays... Okay, for the wages which sin pays is death. I'm reading Amplified, I'll read NIV later. For the wages which sin pays is death. But the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. Through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see very clearly that uh, the way in which the Holy Spirit performs his duty in the church, the ministry of convicting mankind of sin is by first of all sensitizing them to what is sin. And once he has sensitized them to what is sin, then he makes them understand guilt to sin. What guilt to sin is, that's the Romans 6.23 I have read. The wages for the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through in union with Jesus Christ our Lord. So, he really sensitizes, he, he, he makes the church know what is sin, what sin is, and the deadliness of sin, how deadly sin is. Because it says the wages of sin is death. Once he has delivered that gravity of sin to mankind, to the hearts of men, through Romans now, 6.23 that I've just read, and then now he brings the guilt. He makes you aware of guilt to sin. What guilt to sin is. He brings guilt to sin. The second way that he advances that ministry in the church, when now he decides on the ministry of convicting mankind to sin, the other way in which he executes that mission is when we turn to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 5. This is what he says. Ephesians 5, 5. He says, For be sure, again, I give you time. Ephesians 5, 5. Once you're there, we read on. For be sure of this, that no person practicing sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life or one who is Covetous, who has lustful desires for the property of others, 
and is greedy for gain, for he, in effect, is an idolater and has, has no one who does that has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So in that way, the Holy Spirit is now bringing accountability. Not only has he delivered the gravity of guilt, he has delivered guilt now. We read Romans 6.23. It makes you understand what guilt to sin is. You have now known, sensitized to what is sin. And then now, it makes you accountable to that sin. So he brings awareness of the judgment. For the wages of sin is death. But over here now he says, the, king of, the kingdom of God. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. So that means you enter the other way. You enter hell. The book of Psalms. If you go to Psalm, again, the book of Psalm, chapter 5. Once I get there, we'll read Psalm chapter 5, verse 4. Psalm chapter 5, verse 4. He says the following. Again, as the Holy Spirit works his ministry in the hearts of men, making them realize what is sin, sensitizing them to sin. And then now, guilt to sin. Romans 6, 3. And then later, accountability. says the judgment of God is delivered against sin. You cannot enter heaven. Psalms chapter 9, I beg your pardon, chapter 9, the book of Psalms chapter 9, verse 17. Psalm chapter 9, 17, he says the following. He says, For the wicked shall be turned back headlong into premature death, into Sheol, the place of the departed spirits of the wicked, when all the nations that forget and are forgetful of God, again, let me read it, even all the nations that forget and are forgetful of God, forsake the Lord. It says, the wicked shall be turned back headlong into premature death, into Sheol, the place of the departed spirits of the wicked. Even all the nations that forget and are forgetful of God. So you see that very, very clearly, blessed people here, he says. He says that there will be accountability, there will be judgment on sin. He now brings this information, this awareness to the church. Ephesians 5, 5, you will not see the inheritance that the rest receive in heaven. You will not inherit the kingdom of God in heaven. And Psalm 9, 17, you will go to hell. So in other words, the Holy Spirit does convict of sin, does the ministry of conviction of sin by sensitizing the hearts of men to sin and guilt 
and accountability and judgment. So in so doing, he reproves the church and exposes wickedness in the church. And then he reveals God's purity. You see that? He does not only expose the wickedness in that duty of conviction to sin. We saw already that he also reveals the gift of God when he read from Romans. But the gift of God is eternal life. So not only does the Holy Spirit reprove, purge sin, rebuke sin, exposes sin and wickedness, but he also reveals God's purity, God's holiness. From Exodus chapter 19, verse 12, we see that he revealed to the children of Israel how holy Jehovah is. He said, do not touch the foot of the mountain. Do not come up. The mountain is the place of visitation where God is. So do not come there. Don't come up the mountain. This is now holy ground. And you see the same in the book of Psalm chapter 5. We're going to read it here. Psalm chapter 5. Again, Psalms chapter 5. He says the following. The book of Psalms chapter 5 verse 4. He says, For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, neither will the evil man so much as dwell temporarily with you. This is King James. Uh, this is uh, amplified, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon. This amplified. But he's saying, he reveals the purity of the Lord. Exodus 19.21, the same thing. Do not touch the foot of the mountain. God is holy. Second Samuel chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. This tremendous tragedy that befell Israel, Uzzah, Uzzah collapses. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 presenting the awesome glory, the awesome presence of God, kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 6. Again, the Holy Spirit does that to expose, to teach, and reveal the holiness of God, the purity of God. You see from Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 on it says, In the year that King Uzzah died, in a vision I saw, this is again amplified, in a vision I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. Then he says, above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two each covered his own face, and with two each covered his feet, and with two each flew. 
verse 3, Isaiah 6 says, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So again, the awesome holiness of the Lord is revealed here. And this is what the Holy Spirit does. He reveals this holy, 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 the awesome holiness of God. And he says, verse 4, and the foundations, again, Isaiah 6, 1 to 5, he says, and the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who cried. And the house was filled with smoke, the glory of the Lord. Verse 5, then I said, what is me? Then said I, what is me? For I am undone and ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So verse 5 is very instrumental, because verse 5 does present just the holiness of God, the role of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit comes to do, to minister, in his ministry of conviction of sin, he also does present the awesome, the awesome holiness of God. The awesome holiness of God. And you see Isaiah here say, Woe unto me, for I am done. So in that way he presents also the sinfulness of man and the holiness of God. So you can see Isaiah here cannot stand when he sees the presence of God, the throne of God, the place of all, where the Lord always takes me for instruction before the healing services. The awesome splendor of that throne alone reveals to you the purity of God, the holiness of God. And then Isaiah says, look, unclean man, Unholy man. So the Holy Spirit does this. He ministers to the hearts of men by exposing and presenting the sinfulness of sin. Sensitive to sin, sensitizing them to sin, presenting guilt to sin, accountability to sin, judgment, reproof, exposing wickedness. Then he reveals the purity of God. That's what we are handling now. And in the face of the purity of God, mankind cannot survive. And all that, I'm using all this to drive you to one common denominator, one common objective, the fine objective that the Holy Spirit brings to the church. That once he has convicted you of sin, exposed the guilt of sin, sensitized you to what is sin, and then showed you, taught you, Minister to you the judgment that sin beholds. The judgment that comes with sin. The consequence of sin. Exposing wickedness. Then now he reveals the purity. The holiness of God on this other side. Just how holy God is. And once you see that gap. The sinfulness of man. And the awesome holiness of God. Isaiah says no. Mankind is so unholy, cannot stand before your throne, before your holy throne, Jehovah. 
Then now the Holy Spirit does score one thing. He does achieve one objective. The major objective for which he came. The need that mankind may see the need for a mediator. For the Messiah. For the Savior. For the bridge. That now they may see the need for Christ Jesus. And receive him. And be born again. That is how the Holy Spirit does conduct the ministry. His ministry of conviction of sin. Convicting mankind of sin. Convicting this world of sin. So we see that he reveals the deadliness of sin. Genesis chapter 2, 16, 17. Remember, if you eat of this tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall for sure die. On that day you shall for sure die. And death came, the deadliness of sin. Genesis 39. Genesis 39. But you see very clearly, from the book of Genesis chapter 2, that the deadliness of sin is exposed there too. Genesis 39. Same thing, the deadliness of sin. That you may fear sin. That you may run away from sin. Genesis 39 verse 9, he says, Again, Genesis 39, 9, he says, He is not greater in this house than I am. Nor has he kept anything from me except you. And then he says, For you are his wife. And the last part is very key. He says, How then? Can I do this great evil and sin against God? So while Genesis 2, 16, 17 is exposing the, the consequences, if you do this, the deadliness of sin, if you do this, then you shall for sure die. Death came. When Adam and Eve fell, death came. But now look, Genesis 39 verse 9, also presents a very powerful picture of that. And he says, how? How can I do this great sin and sin against God? So once you know the deadliness of sin, then the Holy Spirit will achieve his ministry, the objective of his purpose, his ministry, to sensitize you to sin, that you may reject sin, having known the awesome holiness of your God. And that's why now, in that way, is highlighting to the church that look, ever since the fall in the garden, the garden of Eden, ever since Adam fell, the fall of Adam, he says, now, after that fall, death came. And in Genesis 39 verse 9, I've just brought it in to highlight you, to awaken you, to sensitize you 
on the fact that aware of the awesome holiness of God, the Holy Spirit now achieves the duty, the role of causing you to reject sin, causing you to fear sin. How can I do this and dwell with my God? How can I do this and appear, still appear before Jehovah, the holy God of heaven, my creator? And so Genesis, Genesis, then we move now after creating that awareness of the deadliness of sin and the sinfulness of man and the awesome holiness of God. Then now the Holy Spirit causes man to definitely need, see that they need a Messiah. They need a Savior. They now need a Savior. So Matthew 27 verse 50. And it says, And Jesus cried again, Matthew 27 50, And Jesus cried again with a loud voice, and gave up his spirit. Verse 51, at once the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two form, or rather was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks were split. Now he makes you understand that you cannot enter the holiness of God, the awesome holiness of God. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of conviction of sin. You cannot enter the holy, the holy of holies. You cannot enter the presence of God. And hence the need for a mediator. Now look when the mediator comes. He now tears the curtain from top to bottom and admits the man, admits mankind. So that is what the awareness that is the awareness the Holy Spirit brings to mankind. The need for the Messiah. The need for a Savior. The need for a mediator. Hebrews chapter 4. I am focusing on this one ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of conviction to sin. Conviction of sin. How he convicts of sin. How he causes mankind to be convicted to sin. And that is when now you are able to see the need. Mankind is able to see the need for a Messiah, for the Messiah, for the Savior to come and redeem him. Because he presents the deadliness of sin, the guilt to sin. He sensitizes you to know what is sin. Then the guilt to sin, we saw Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. And the judgment thereat, that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5, verse 5. And then I also read from Psalm 9, verse 17. The judgment going to Sheol, going to hell. The sinfulness of sin. He exposes sin in the church. He reveals sin. And after exposing sin and revealing sin, then now he presents the purity of God, the awesome holiness of God. 
the tremendous holiness of God, the unbearable holiness of God, and Isaiah describes what it means for sinful man, sinful man to come right before the holy throne of God. It is shocking. Isaiah. Isaiah presents that. He presents the tremendous holiness of God. Just the awesome, how holy God is. And then, in light of that, how sinful man is. And hence, the need for a mediator. The Holy Spirit is now able to achieve that objective of bringing to man, delivering to man, they need, that he needs a savior. He needs a mediator. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 he says, For the word that God speaks is alive. For the word that God speaks, again Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the, the immortal spirit. In brackets, the spirit. This is amplified. And of joints and marrow, and of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart, exposing sin, revealing sin. And then now, once he has revealed sin and you have seen the need for a mediator, now the book of Acts, if we turn to the book of Acts chapter 17. The book of Acts chapter 17. Acts 17. Chapter 17. He says this. The book of Acts 17 he says. From verse 30. We read only two verses. 30 and 31. Now, he has exposed the sinfulness of sin, in other words, the sinfulness of man, and the awesome purity of God, the awesome lofty holiness of God, the dreadful holiness of God, and hence the need for a mediator. After that, after that then, now, the book of Acts, chapter 17, 30, 31, it says, Such former ages of ignorance, God, it is true, ignored and allowed to pass unnoticed. But now, he charges all people everywhere to repent, to change their minds for the better, and heartily, 
to amend their ways with abhorrence of their past sin. You see now what the Holy Spirit targets. That is the final object, his objective in the ministry of conviction of sin. That he may cause mankind now to repent, to say, okay, in the time of the ignorance you were ignorant, but now you know, I have sensitized you to what is sin, the guilt to sin, the judgment of sin, the sinfulness of sin, and the holiness of God. And then now he demands a repentance. Verse 31, why? Because he has fixed a day when he will judge the world righteously, in brackets justly, by a man whom he has destined and appointed for this task. And he has made this credible and given conviction and assurance and evidence to everyone by raising him from the dead. That is the Messiah. So he is now bringing to your attention that there is going to be a day of judgment. Therefore repent. That the Messiah is coming. Therefore repent. And that's why in finishing, I want to read John chapter 6 verse 44. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. The ministry of conviction to sin. Conviction of sin. That the ministry, the Holy Spirit, the ministry, the Holy Spirit executes in the church. The ministry he does in the church of Christ. Of convicting mankind globally on the earth to sin. Convicting them to sin. Causing them to be aware of sin. It's guilt. Everything. Judgment. And the holiness of God. The holiness requirement of God. The holiness of Yahweh. John 6.44 says, No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him and gives him the desire to come to me. And then I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. What does this mean? That means that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is very central in the framework, in the blueprint of the redemption of the salvation of God that is sent to mankind. In John chapter 6, 44, here he says, No one is able to come to him except God the Father has sent the Holy Spirit and convicted that person. Nobody is able to receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, unless the Holy Spirit has come and done his ministry of conviction of sin, conviction to sin, that is when they will realize sin, the sinfulness of sin, the consequence of sin, and the holiness of God, and the need for a mediator, and receive Jesus. And again he says, no one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him, and gives him the desire to come to me. Meaning, without the ministry of the conviction of sin, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, convicting mankind of sin, nobody can receive Jesus. Nobody can receive the salvation of Christ. So, blessed people, receive the Lord Jesus. Be born again. 
because the Holy Spirit has now been poured out. He is convicting man. You can see how he's ministering across the nations using he that speaks with you, pronouncing sin, rebuking sin, rejecting sin, highlighting sin, sensitizing on sin, and yet also announcing the holiness of God. Receive Christ Jesus and be born again. And for those who want to receive the Lord, I lead you to the Lord now. Say, Dear Jesus, I repent tonight and turn away from all sin. And thank you very much, Lord Jesus, for dying for me on the cross at Calvary. I open up my heart to you tonight and receive you in my heart. Convicted of sin and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Please forgive me of all my sin. Establish your word in my life and fill me with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, cause me to walk holy. Command my steps. Lord, order me to be righteous. Order my steps. Tonight, in the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. If you say that prayer, you need to be baptized in complete immersion and now seek God, seek righteousness. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Messiah is coming. May the Lord bless you. Thank you to Darabah. The Messiah is coming, blessed people. Thank you. To Dar Shalom.
Lord, I 